0: 10 is here, ladies and gentlemen, and we're back from my on-again, off-again, buddy-like season here in 2021. But hopefully, just like buddy, we string a few rounds together. This week's all about questions. I'm Elvin Legit. Then no, no, no. first time since 1956. Is it actually football anymore, or is it just called handball? And will the doggies handball their way to a premiership? Can Richmond break every law in the history of not only football, but society get away with it on their way to a three-peat like all three-peat teams do? And... What to make of Buckley's Pies. Are they even Buckley's Pies anymore? Who are selling the pies? No one knows. But someone who might know, or at least give us some hilarious attempts at answering them, is the punter's prophet, the people's coach, Big Bustling Baz. How you doing, mate?
1: That's one of your best intros, I reckon, mate. Is there a better coach out there than Bucks at the moment? It's available, who knows? Have we got injuries? Yes. So is as really a club, it's not an excuse. Our list doesn't bat that deep anymore. We've got young kids. We just lost one of our first round draft picks for what for the rest of the season with an ankle um yeah things aren't going great Joffa, everything else just keep piling on is there going to be a a queue at the board? who knows um one thing i do know is you can't really sign a coach or go attract assistance when uh there's all that boardroom crap going on so they can sort it out pretty quickly be handy and uh, you know my thoughts on Colin's assistants that we need to change. And I reckon if we keep bucks, we just need a full clean out of assistance. So we've all pretty much been there for a while now and pretty stale and bored. And we um we saw what Pike did when he went to Sydney. So change their philosophy, change their style, and look how they're going with those kids as well. So just uh hopefully Colin will just start getting their crap together and move forward because so we've been pretty, pretty good with it for a while. So hopefully we we'll get that back
0: new president, new CEO, new GM, keep the coach, new assistants, reinvigorate some of those uh, superstars of yours, Pendles, grindy. life will be good. You'll be fine. Back in the top eight next year. Don't you worry about that. Why not? That's what Collingwood does. Up again, down again, up again, down again. You're not going to win it anyway. The closest you'll ever get will be a grand funnel and you'll be a kick away from winning it all and there'll be tears for days anyway. So it doesn't matter how good you are because you won't win it when it counts Regardless. So that's just that's just your plight. You you didn't choose this life, but it chose you. And sometimes you just have to accept who you are and what you do, and that's what Collingwood does. So that's just you life.
1: Know, starting today, you will play like winners, act like winners, and most importantly, you will be winners.
0: So we're going to just tuck in a coach's corner. And along these lines, it's Collingwood, but it's also a bit of North Melbourne. It's a bit of Hawthorne. It's a bit of Carlton. It's a bit of St. Kilda. And my question here is, What's the importance of fun? So you've had the privilege, or maybe it's not a privilege, maybe you earned the right to coach exclusively good teams in the underage Vafa system. I don't don't see a season where you've been the head coach of of your elite squad where you've performed poorly. But in those periods where you haven't been performing as well as you would like to have performed, How much do you revert to being a a hard-ass and a taskmaster and a guy that's like all fire and brimstone? And how often do you try and revert back to fun? Because this is the part where, and warning, this is a very long question into Coach's Corner, my apologies. But it's, you know, we see in the media and it's all about, you know, Hawthorne, it's like, where's we need to axe people, we need to get down their throats, we need to keep them to account. North Melbourne, they're terrible, they're 1-8, and how disgusting are they? Adelaide's dropping off, you know, poor Adelaide are flat-track bullies all this media analysis is very negative. If you don't, if you win, it's a relief. You won't get any criticism. If you don't, it's criticism, it's criticism, it's criticism, but internally, what do you do? Do you try and motivate your players with negative responses or do you try and motivate them with positivity and a positive environment and try and make it fun? Cause if you're North Melbourne, you're going to know that we're going to win three games this year. So we need to make this fun regardless. What approach do you take in your own coaching philosophy?
1: Always gotta be about fun. That's why the boys play, especially, I mean, probably be different at community level, but community level, they want to play a bit because they're with their mates and they enjoy the club. And if they win, they win. If they lose, and yeah, they, they they hurt from it. Like we had a loss last week, pretty close one. We heard a lot from it. We also learnt a lot from it. So hopefully mean will get better going forward. And um I, I think you gotta you, you still gotta have fun. Because if you berate the players and keep it negative and <sighs> they stop enjoying it and you need to make sure the players are enjoying what they're doing. They stop winning, they stop caring. They stop putting in the hunger and the fight for the, for the coach or for the players, for their teammates. Like it's, if they're not enjoying it, then they might as well not play because you, and you'll see that on the ground that you'll see it in the effort they put in and that sort of stuff. And, you know, we always, uh what we do once or we train twice a week and pretty much on Monday nights, a bit of a recovery, but it's also pretty, relaxed and fun sort of a night so the boys can muck around they can talk about their weekends and have a bit of fun and then Wednesday night's a serious session where you know we take things a bit more seriously we prepare do what drills we need to do and then I always try and throw in jokes and pick fun at myself or or, you know bring us together and we always have a you know a few little games and a few little story times where you know we dob boats in for doing silly things during the week or whatever and just try and keep it fun and every couple of weeks we try and do an activity. So, you know, next week on Monday night for training, we're not training. Usually we're going to go 10 bowling or maybe to the pub or whoever knows. We're going to go wherever the boys choose and then next Wednesday night I'm going to tell the players the players get the run training. So, I'll nominate five blokes and they got going to come up with a drill and explain it and have a bit of fun with each other. So, it's just about mixing it up and not keeping it the same, same and boring, but also trying to get the boys to learn as well.
0: So think- on those lines then, the, the biggest criticism this week I found from listening through all the the different shows was David King's scathing analysis of I think it was like nice Noah and uh, gentle jocosis. And it's like, what do you, if you were the god, Stuart Jew, down at Gold Coast Suns, then what do you do with the Suns? So, like that's basically coaching under 19s, but you have the creme of the creme. You have all the draft picks you want. So, how do you get them to buy in? Because obviously that's probably the issue that the outsiders see is that these are a bunch of elite talented youngsters that feel we perceive them to be a bit entitled, a bit. They don't want to they don't want to do the hard stuff, they just want to do the fun stuff. How do you keep it fun, but also make them buy into team first qualities?
1: You remember these guys are 21, 20. Two, sometimes 20. Like they're not going to mature as players until 23, 24, 25, even sometimes 26. They're still quite young and the whole nucleus outside is quite young. And they're still learning. They're still finding out what football's about, AFL football's about. And I mean, I use a lot of, um, I revert back to AFL footy for like effort and pressure and stuff. But again, it's a bit different at community level. Like the, the players aren't going to be as well set up and drilled as they are on AFO level. And I reckon you almost need to just strip it right back. That, like all these kids, these top end kids, they've played footy since what, eight, seven, maybe even six. They all know how to play footy. They've all got good skills, they're good, good attributes as you know, athletes, that sort of stuff just give them a simple game plan. Let them let them show themselves. Let them play with flair. Let them play with style. But on, the, on account of that, you need, still need to have, bring defensive pressure and effort and that sort of stuff. But I'll let you guys play and you play your own way and go through each player and actually do this exercise last night with the boys. I've given... I've written, I've written a paragraph on every one of the boys, all 57 of them, uh, in the 19s. And... It's about what, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and what role I want them to play when they're playing with us, What where they're predominantly going to play and what I want them to do, and what I think their strengths are and what they should be backing in with their strengths so that they know, all right, I'm, I'm, Baz knows I'm quick. Baz knows I'm good by foot. So when I get the footy, I'm going to take a few blokes on. If I get pinged on the ball or I don't hit a target, it, that's probably a bit more than I should be biting off. But Baz has just told me that, hey, he wants me to back my speed in and back my shoe in. So... He can't get angry at that, and I can't. I want them to do that. I want them to express themselves with their strengths and use their strengths to the, to, to make us better. Yeah, they've got weaknesses, but if you dwell too much on the weaknesses, then they're gonna get down and out and about it, and then they're worried about that too much than what they're actually very good at. So all right, that's that's my little philosophy. Again, it's different at community level, I suppose, and AFL, but I think pretty sure you could at AFL, still take a lot from that and keep it pretty simple and let the kids play. Like I said, they all can play. They love playing flair, and so many of the kids coming through now know so much about football, know the game inside out because they love it. Like they actually love it. It just makes the coach's job way easier. And I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in greens with Scott, uh, Chris Scott on this. Coaches are overrated. They're we're there to just help make sure they get they get the places on time. They run to schedule, and that's it. The boys can play footy.
0: Especially at the AFL level, we get to pick and choose who comes to your club. That's, that's their key talent essentially is as a head coach, get the best assistants, get the best players, job done.
1: Build the team that you need or exactly. with the team you've got, build a, a style that suits you to play
0: your best. And be it's humble enough cool. to adapt to the best assets you have currently at your current time, which is probably something that Chris Scott needs to actually follow. But that's for another podcast. To the stock exchange baz. It's been a little while since our last podcast. So we've had a bit more time to analyze the ups and downs of the trends of the AFL. But who are we selling? Who are we a scare that's about to fall in a giant heap coming this this round or in the coming three or four? Well, they'll win this round because of playing us, but I'm I'm done with I've I've <laughs> I
1: think it was about this time last year. I did this to Richmond and they won the flag. But Port can't win the flag.
0: They can't win the flag based on last week's effort, or because there's a fundamental flaw.
1: I don't really see any change to their game style from last year. They rely too heavily on the one style, and they rely heavily on Boke, who's 34, and their midfield is very same same. They lack like a bit of pace. I want to see Rosie start, Rosie, so start going through there a bit more. I know they're missing Butters, who probably won't be back this year. But with my will be he's done. Um, Dersma's obviously come back at some point, but might be too late by then. They're not beating teams above them, which means they're going to finish in the bottom half of the eight, which means
0: no double chance, no home finals. Um, so, yeah, I was reckon they're done. And their injuries are meaning that they're changing their profile as a team as well. So last year they were very much a front half and stoppage team. Like that's what they used to score from. And as much as everyone talks about this year being the ball, year of ball movement, the successful teams are still scoring from stoppage and they're still scoring from front half. So the fundamentals of modern football have not changed this year at all. And Port Melbourne, Port Adelaide, sorry. And Port Adelaide are definitely a back half transition team this year because of who they've got left healthy currently in their lists. So they lost that against uh, against the Western Bulldogs last week because they have approximately 1 million midfielders. So very easy to lose that midfield battle. And they'll lose it against the rest of the top four this year, basically, because there's Brisbane, some deep midfields they against. Brisbane smashed them. Um,
1: and, yeah, the Doggies
0: absolutely smashed
1: them. West Coast smashed them all through midfield. And, yeah, I, I don't see them. They're going to score enough because of the way they play when they do move the ball. But, um, yeah, I just don't see enough from Dixon. And, and uh, Marshall just doesn't. He doesn't seem to want to crush a pack. He's very timid still. I just want him to really you know, I know he's not big, not big framed or anything, but he's a tall. He's a key target. You just need to bang in there a bit more and I think they miss a a real pressure forward as well. Like I know Arazio and Robbie Grain are quite smarter in the goals but they're not ones chasing, putting lots of pressure on and laying tackles. So they, just need a, they just need something like that a bit of a spur. But, and again, like, uh, Dersman and Butters would help that, but um, yeah, they're obviously out at the moment. So Rose Rosé, I don't know, Rose for 4 It's not a drink. Um maybe you need some more, some more midfield time. Maybe Amon needs to get get busier as well and get in there as well and add some pace, or maybe they've got something up their sleeve, I don't know, but Watlop's gone 40, he's giving them a bit. But yeah, I just don't even if they bring in Rockcliffe, I know he's injured at no, but the midfield's very much same, same. You know, wines, Boke, power pepper, etc., they're all Big-bodied mids. They're not, there's not a lot of speed on the outside at the moment. So I'm I'm done on port. Line through them. Done for the year.
0: Watch them win the flag. Mine's a little bit less high risk because it was a team I was thinking it was going to sneak into the eight, and that was the Fremantle Dockers, the Purple Haze. I love teams that build their defensive fundamentals and then turn themselves into juggernauts. That's what Brisbane did. That's what Carlton has refused to do. That's what St Kilda has refused to do. Frio, under, under long year. When you know what? Defense first. And you know what? Tick. It worked last year. And then now this year, they were ready to launch into the top eight and they didn't do it. And they refused to do it. And basically, for that to have worked, they would have needed to have been about six and three, seven and two at this stage of the season. They're five and four. They dropped it against Eston last week. Eston, who loves to league 100 points to literally any side, Port Melbourne could kick 100 points against Eston at this rate. They yeah. do not like to defend at all, and Frio could not capitalise on that. And they won't. They won't be able to do it this year. The next three weeks for Fremantle, are Sydney, Port Adelaide, Western Bulldogs. There's three L's for you. That's funnels done for the Purple Haze. Reboot it for next year, basically. At this stage, so disappointing for my hot tag. Disappointing for them, but um, you know, that's the joys of living on the edge. We're about to get it wrong, occasion. Oh, we will. We will. If I'm gonna try and be different. I'm- if you're a different, strange unit like I am. You'll get it wrong more than you get it right. But when you get it right, you get it really right and it pays off big. You will break even over your entire career, just like gambling basically. If you keep backing in $3 outsiders, you'll get them more wrong than right. But when they get up, you feel good and you break even. And, you know, that's life. Speaking of irresponsible gambling, Baz, who are you holding on to as a responsible investor in the what are the odds stock market? I just want to hold on to Sydney, man. Fair call too. Fair call. Hold on.
1: Yeah. They're travelling just nicely, man.
0: Will they stay in the eight? I think they're the risky one.
1: No, I've got them in the eight.
0: So, I'm, will the I'm, eight? Will the eight change? Are you a? Are you a Joey Montagna type character here that says the eight is locked?
1: Yeah, I actually am. I firmly believe the eight will not change, and I, I know there's been a few commentators say that, and I'm with them. Kenny, you're you're one of them. I'm with you, Kenny. So you're saying, know, I'm, I'm paying you credit. Um, you're saying something, and I'm agreeing with you. And and Joey and the others, I, I reckon the top eight. McClure, all those boys, stays, doesn't change. JWS have lost too many players now, especially with Toby Green. Freeman aren't good enough. Security aren't good enough. The, the teams above are pretty handy. And, yeah, that's it. But I reckon that's the eight. Stop season now and let's have finals.
0: Well, it's a boring take, but there's the teams that are in the eight have a percentage of above 100, and the teams outside it have a percentage below 100. Kind of yeah. tells the tale of the tale of the tape, doesn't it? So... Very timid take so far, Baz. Give me a spicy one. Who are you buying?
1: Well, I'll say that you put down Brisbane, which is fair enough. Um, I'm oh, I'm doing it. I'm buying into Melbourne. Oh wow. i am putting I'm 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 buying into the Melbourne story. Into their story? They're gonna win it.
0: Okay. So I've got questions here. They're home and home. So they're gonna win it. How does Melbourne handle their loss? They will lose this year. How will they handle it?
1: I I don't think it matters. Though. The defence is so strong. Salem, May, Lever, and up front they've got Pickett and McDonald's just gone nuts. Why did Collingwood pick him up in the end? <laughs> you know, even, even Brands looking freaking good in that Melbourne 4 line. And you got the midfield of Ronnie and Petrarca and Brayshaw and Gorn and Jackson. Look, how good so are they going?
0: They're going great, but before you buy them, Baz, they've got Adelaide this week, free swing. Yeah, You're going to beat the Doggies, Brisbane, Collingwood.
1: That's, that's 13 and zip, Melbourne.
0: Doggies and Brisbane back-to-back It's a tough one. And then after those two tough classes, basically by round 13, Collingwood is playing for Bucks' future. So you've got three tough games there for Melbourne to navigate after this very cruisy win against Adelaide on the weekend. I would not okay. be buying. I would be holding on them until round 13. If they're 13 and zip, cock-a-hoot. They're, they're basically clinched to the top four spot, absolutely guaranteed. They could have their whole team out for the rest of the season and still make top four. But before then, this is still Melbourne, Baz. This is no, still going, Melbourne.
1: I've, I've, I've figured this out. They're going to go through the season undefeated.
0: Yep. New England Patriots.
1: finish, finish on top. Yeah. Undefeated. Yeah. Average losing margin of 67 points, if I'm
0: interested. Yep. Uh, but yes, as you said by reading the unsheet baz, I'm buying Brisbane and they're five and they're under the radar. They're,
1: they're going under, well.
0: They're under the radar. And that's what you want. You don't want to be buying Melbourne like you, like an absolute idiot buying into a hot market. <laughs> they're at the top. They can't get any better. They're already favorites. They got they got tough three weeks coming up. Brisbane, Brisbane are flooding under the radar. They're casually just picking off top at top four contenders. They embarrassed Port just a couple of weeks ago. Like Fagan, apparently, you know, he's soft, he's weak, doesn't rev up his, rev up his charges. They're missing Lockie Neal. Lockie Neal, Bramley medalist, gone, doesn't matter. Brisbane, cool, calm, collected, working their way back into the top four, back into a Gabba home, double double final, double chance. And you know what? They pay the AFL enough, they might even play back at the Gabba again this year. That won't happen, but you know what? They probably love the MCG anyway. So definitely Lions more likely than Melbourne at this stage for mine. And with that, we move to our round 10 previews. Brisbane, $1.39 favourites at the Gabattoir, playing against the battled, the bruised, the bullying, the inappropriate and irresponsible Richmond, who are $3 outsiders. Now, are we buying in to the us versus them mentality of Richmond? Can they take down the whole world and go for a three-peat this year? Or is their time done, Baz?
1: They're finishing the top eight with the players that will come back at the end of the season. Yes, there's still a chance, and I would not, never, ever write them off. They shouldn't have won last week, uh, and they won't win this week. Brisbane will be way, way too good up there, way too classy. You've got too many players out, and Brisbane are just a quality side, top-four side. They should be winning these games and will be winning this game, and I reckon quite comfortably. If you're a comfortable five-goal margin, beat up on them where you can, Brisbane. Because if you face them later in the year, it won't be as easy as what you will have it on Friday night.
0: Richmond made their lives so much easier by getting away with the win against the Giants last week, and good on them. Good teams do that, and Richmond obviously a good team. And but with Prestia, Edwards, Cochin, Bolton, and Lambert still missing against a genuine top four contender in Brisbane, that's uh, going to be a very very tough ask at home. But as last week's performance proved, still. A must-watch game, but uh, Brisbane, oh, the obvious tip there. Definitely a game to watch. Any game with Richmond and Brisbane is worth watching. Slightly different must-watch game is the Sunday afternoon game. So, GWS, $2.13 home dogs against the West Coast, $1. seventy-two at Giants Stadium. Baz, do we trust more in the Giants without Toby Green or the Travelling Eagles? I reckon Giants would be shot without Green. Well, they were beforehand. He is the only reason why they're even a sniff of the finals issue.
1: I know they've got some players back in the chain, they've got some kids playing, but surely... You know, I, I can't trust West Coast because they're, they're, they're travelling away, so they're, they're a worse... Do you reckon the, the West Coast loss to Geelong has, has woken them up a bit, or is that all talk by Simpson?
0: Well, you would hope so, but I still don't think... It hasn't proven anything... Like their away performances haven't been any better since getting absolutely bashed by.
1: I mean, they weren't great
0: against Hawthorne. No, they were poor against Hawthorn. That first quarter basically broke football. And they
1: like they'll like they're too good for they're too good two seasons. for LA last week, LA threw a lot at them, especially late in the game, like that third quarter. Um, a few injuries, LA. Like, you know, a few niggles and it's better decision-making by Adelaide that probably would have been closer in the game. So I, for one, you have to tip West Coast because West Coast are in the top four. JBS have too many, a bit like Richmond, so many outs. Uh, and they lose their staff after green as well. I know, I know the teams are back now, so the teams are back out. Thursday night. I just remembered that the teams are back out on Thursday night.
0: They are. Got well, the big outs back. for the Giants are obviously Davis and Perryman, and obviously Green.
1: Yeah, the only one of any note that comes in is is Holmes.
0: Yes. So, so they've got massive deficits there.
1: But Lee and Ryan shouldn't come back for um, West Coast. And yeah, you know what Miss, Missy McGovern probably doesn't hurt him as much. So yeah, I'm I'm backing in the Weagles to win because they're. They're better on paper, they're a better team, but who knows away from home? Like we've seen some of the trash they've dished up this year. So i will be a tip the West Coast Eagles and from a punting perspective will not be touching with a barge pole.
0: Absolutely not. But yeah, West Coast, a tip here. The weird thing about the Giants this year is that for a side so stacked with talent, They aren't very good disposal-wise. And so they average 27 clangers per game, the most in the AFL. That's more than like Adelaide's and North Melbourne's who have like very talentless lists. So they still play this very aggressive style of football, which is to emphasize, you know, the talent that's on their roster. They're not executing and they haven't executed all year. And basically, if they're not Toby Green, then they're not doing much with with the football in hand or by foot. So too much turnover gives West Coast their game. They can control it by kick mark. And then you get the West Coast result, which will be pretty high scoring, pretty bruise free, and uh, I think a pretty comfortable result if they can travel. Which I think the Giants did. In they probably can. So there's the must watchers out of the game. Unfortunately, round ten, pretty low impact when it comes to the TV ratings, but a couple of upset alerts. Baz. In the first Saturday, one forty-five. Carlton are a dollar thirty favorites against Hawthorne. $3.54 outsiders at the MCG. Now, Hawthorne, they they break football. They've been breaking football all year. They've been playing anti-football against West Coast. They lost to North Melbourne. Carlton, on the other hand, you know, people are saying, are they a top eight contender? Are they developing? Do they need to rebuild again? Is Patrick Cripps injured? Nobody knows. But if I know anything about Carlton, it's that they can drop these games. This is a very dangerous game for Carlton fans because they know as much as anyone else in the football league that this is a game that they would drop.
1: I, I can't. I'm, I, my second favourite uh, Carlton player is back this week, uh, De Cane. Mm-hmm. But uh, Carlton can't lose this.
0: Well, we say this,
1: Bats. No, Like, look at Hawthorne's team. It is putrid.
0: I know. But Essendon lost his Hawthorne team.
1: Yeah, that's Essendon. That was round one. Carlton, Carlton can't. But they can't. If if I I tell you right now, if you think Talkback Radio was bad two or three weeks ago for Carlton they had a win, and you think all the stuff that's happened this week with with lepage, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, if they lose this to Hawthorne, Collingwood will have a free run for a week or two because Carlton will supporters will implode. they will be Microwave is being warmed up, memberships being melted, SEN's phones won't stop ringing for a whole week. Paying Corns will get extra time on SEN, telling, telling us how Carlton need to be fixed. David King will be blowing up Fox footy. It'll just be, it won't happen. It just won't happen. For the AFL, the AFL guards, won't let it happen because it'll just ruin talk back radio for the next two weeks.
0: Conspiracy theory would suggest that it would happen. For all the reasons you just said, the best outcome for content producers next week is that Carlton loses to Hawthorne.
1: Yeah, it means I have to turn SEN off after an hour on Monday morning, so I'll be getting sick of...
0: But you'll be the only person. You'll be the only person. Everyone else will be (laughs) tuning in for the Carlton Calamity chaos hour. 24 hours times
1: 5. 100% hundred percent mate. everywhere. To get, <laughs> T, T probably won't go with his hands.
0: He what he just he would just walk do a Harold Holt and walk straight into the ocean. Just into the Yarra River. The Yarra will carry him out through Docklands, past Marvel Stadium, wave goodbye, and then out he goes to sea. But um it's yes, Carlton out. should win this. Carlton have Harry Mackay as the Coleman Medalist, for God, for God's sake. So they should win this. But I'm just saying history would suggest that they might
1: not. Oh, yeah. It would be outrageous if they would.
0: A more tricky but less interesting match, Baz, is Saturday night. Over in the West, Fremantle, $2 outsiders, home dogs, in fact, against Sydney, $1.85 favourites at the Optus Stadium. You're buying into Sydney, or at least you're holding on to them. I've already sold on my Freo Dockers, and if Sydney are to be a top eight side this year, then they need to absolutely do a number on, on Frio away. Forever, have been really disappointing. They have been. Wow. Really disappointing. They got me excited. Their list demographics, their game style, their defence and team first mentality, it excited me early doors. And then they failed to deliver. And then David Mundy went from being inspiring to being a reminder of the fact that their kids aren't very good because they don't show up because their best player is older than us. I'm
1: going to follow a trend here. I just reckon you, we're, we're in round right nine. I'm just going to keep picking the best teams. But the $2 is very, and even money as well. I know it's over there, but I'm sure the Swans get the job done here. Like, for, I mean, like, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if I rocked up one and Monday and five dominated with Sarah and Sarong. I know Brayshaw's out. So, I mean, they get Ryan back, which helps them down back. But, He's not really, I mean, there are a lot of smalls apart from um, Buddy and Reid down at Sydney. So, um, yeah, I'm just going back in the Swans because they've been better, in better form in the last few weeks and for him, I mean, like I said, disappointed that like, even last week, they should have really beaten at uh, and they didn't need to show up and they're struggling to kick scores. So, and for, I know Sydney made the last few weeks, but. Sydney when they get their game going. On, on a ground like Fremantle's ground over that first stadium, I think it really suits their game style more so than than what the SCG is, and I think they'll benefit from
0: it. 100%. And even just game style-wise, so despite Fremantle's defence first mentality, they still end up relying on back-half turnovers. So they're a, they're a sag and then flex team. So they'll let you get inside 50, turnover, rebound back. They score from back-half. Sydney are a front-half scoring team, a clearance scoring team, an inside 50 tackling team. When they do that well, they win. When they don't, they lose, they die and live by that same sword. But those two game styles, you can believe in one and you can't in the other. You can't believe in a back-half team versus a front-half team. You can the opposite way around. So Sydney are the obvious pick here. We know that they travel. We know they love big open grounds because you said the run, the gun, the speed, the young talent they have on that list. So. Yeah, the changing of lanes. So mm-hmm. Sydney um, here is the pick, and a dollar eighty is very, very good value. Mm-hmm. Potentially some rapid fire here, Baz, and every time I do this, I am hastened because A I'll upset fans and B I'll get it wrong. But here's the rest of the pick and forgets for the week. We've got Geelong versus the Gold Coast, Geelong a dollar twelve versus the Suns, six dollar forty outsiders at Kadenia Park. Any chance that Stewie Jew revs up the boys to upset the cats at home.
1: I've got it off memory. I'm pretty sure last year they played at Cadenia and the Suns, I think they ended up losing, um, I want to say comfortably, but they definitely gave it a good shake against Geelong. It's going to be perfect weather.
0: Good shake Chuong being uh, Geelong 13-11, 89 defeated Gold Coast, 8 4, 52
1: Okay, maybe I'll stick in some other time. Yeah, look, i, I tried. try Gold Coast, but you're traveling that very well. So Geelong and Geelong generally win big down there. So I reckon now we just
0: keep going, just keep ticking over Geelong and have a comfortable win. Yeah, that is the obvious and sensible pick. And really, no point finding anything else to do with it because those kids don't want to play dirty football yet. Another pretty sensible pick, I think, will be this one: Sunday, four thirty-five, Adelaide, five dollar ten, outside home dogs against the nine and O demons, who are dollar favourites at Adelaide Oval. No blowout wins so far this year, though Baz, for the Melbourne demons, they're going well, They're nine and but no big statement victories. Do we expect one this week?
1: No, I'll just keep getting the job done.
0: Just keep cruising through.
1: I'm going to put a cheeky little ten on Adelaide, so I think they might knock them off now. Into Melbourne, but um, nah, Melbourne would be too good, too classy. Adelaide would be, Adelaide have been all right. Don't write them up. Bit like North Melbourne. North Melbourne the last few weeks are always building up, building up, building up. You just knew they were going to have a crack against Hawth- Hawthorne. Adelaide are travelling better than what scoreboards suggest.
0: Yeah. You no, know, they've got good standards. They've got good qualities. They have some, you know, good game plans. They just can't win games of football because they're not that good yet, but they'll grow and they'll learn. And they'll be fine, but not against Melbourne, who are top of the ladder. So pick Melbourne and move on. <music> this one looks close on paper, Baz, but it's not really. 7.25 on Saturday. The dog is at $1.25 favourite St Kilda footer outsiders. They're playing at Marvel Stadium. The dog is by how much and why, Baz? Uh,
1: about 10 goals. Um, St Kilda, a future cure- I, I mean, they rocked up and played their good game each so Couldn't put on the scoreboard. But they haven't really been stringing good games together of late like Secure They tend to rock up for one week and go missing the next. So it could be a week they go missing, and uh, I reckon the doggies could just give them a little touch-up.
0: Absolutely. And as you said, they don't have a great consistency record when it comes to frontal pressure. They break records when they want to, and then they just don't show up other games. But interesting enough, they've won the forward half differential by nine and a half minutes. So that's first in the league. Like they win that key stat. But when they win it, they don't kick straight. And when they don't, they kick straighter. They're a very complex inside.
1: Yeah, and they're very easy to score against, even with expect. all their tackles and no free kicks.
0: Boo hoo hoo. Who would have thought? Have a whinge about the arms when you don't win the game.
1: Yo, bitch about the umpire trick.
0: Doesn't work on us. Won't work no. on them. <laughs> i <Buggies> will <by> plenty. <laughs> Sunday, 320 Bears. Your boys Collingwood three dollar forty one outsiders at the MCG. Paul Adelaide on the back of a loss are a dollar thirty two favourites. How scared are you? Will this be a bad enough loss to sack bucks?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I don't say they won't sack bucks because it, it, it doesn't help anything by having a interim coach for, for like. I'm just glad I'm busy at 3.20 on Sunday, Arvo. Um, I won't be watching the game and we'll get thumped and Port will be okay and i will go wear their prison bar jumpers. But I'll tell you what, if Colin would win, I might get on social media for a little bit about the prison bar jumpers. Just make sure I take it. I've
0: got a few questions for you, Baz, though. So if you're saying we shouldn't sack Bucks, explain these numbers. You have a kicking efficiency of 64%, that's ranked 16th in the AFL. You score primarily 41% of your inside 50s, ranked 16th in the AFL, and you allow your opposition a kicking efficiency of 70%, which is the highest conceded percentage in the AFL. So you're the worst by foot in the AFL. You're the worst inside 50 in the AFL, and you apply no pressure to create turnovers against your opposition. Yep. Aren't those the three things that the head coach is in charge of? Skill acquisition, game plan, and pressure intent. Yep. So if those three things aren't happening, then how can Buckley be your future coach?
1: No, I'm not saying future coach. I'm just saying what 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 good does it do getting rid of Buckley? So all these assistants, are, they've been there for years. They're, they're you know best mate, oh, good mates. They stick by his side, all that sort of stuff. So if you get rid of Buckley, none of them are probably gonna to want to take the job. Or if they do, they're gonna do it very hesitantly and probably not really put everything in because they know they're gonna be there next year. So what what good does it play? Unless you got rid of all our coaches and brought in someone and some other assistants halfway through the year, which won't happen, you might as well see the year out and start getting the back room sorted now, start getting it ready. And then at the season's end, thanks Nathan, you're a great man. You've done a lot for this club. See you later. Righto. Who's our senior coach? Who's our senior assistants, Or Bucks, all right, we had us stuffed up last year with our risk management. There's more to come. because apparently there's more cuts to come this year. We're going to do this, this, and this. Then it's your group. You've got three years. We've got LEPA. We've got someone else. We've got someone else to help you out as a senior assistant. Blah, blah, blah. Let's go.
0: Makes sense. Change the system, not the man. I like it. To round out the round, Baz, Estadin, Adelaide favourites, North Melbourne, $3.55 outside as they're playing at Marwall Stadium. And as much as I'd love to say that North can go back to back here, there's no chance because, unlike Hawthorne, Essendon can kick goals. They can easily score 100 points when they want to. They might concede 100 points, but they'll still win by 15 or 20.
1: Yeah, I reckon this game has a bit of the dogs versus North Melbourne about it. Well, Essen can move the ball well and they Absolutely they, they, they do score. North Melbourne, if the pressure's on and they celebrate a bit hard last week, could get a touch up here.
0: Essen look great when they have the football in their hands. They are exciting, fun football team to watch in one direction.
1: Yeah, I feel like this week's almost too easy on the tipping.
0: Now those first four will get you five are easy. The last five are easy. They will not go wrong. As you're no, about up. to hear in my feature bets, they will no, not go wrong. No, but up. the first four are tricky. You no, odd and half a though, don't you? Oh yeah, upset galores. Upset galores. Yeah. yeah, everyone's in tip three this week. Yeah. hundred percent. And good on them. Well that'd be that'd be great for, for football. It's that time, Baz. It's the Greenback Boogie for round 10, everyone's favourite segment. It's money-making time. You need to hit us up with your best bet, your value bet, and your rougher. you got 10 units, or $100, if you'd like to say it that way, to spend. How are you spending your hard-earned? I'll let you go first, mate. All right, I will. My best bet, Baz, for five units, or $50, is Western Bulldogs to win the first quarter by five and a half, or more, and to win the game, that's paying $2.05. The Doggies are yet to lose the first quarter this season, and we're nine rounds in, they start hard, they finish hard, they win games, they'll finish top two. How good. Value bet here is Melbourne to win the third by 7.5 and and Melbourne to cover the line of 29 points. That's paying $2.70, or you can push it out to Melbourne by 40-plus for $3.30 as Adelaide hate the halftime they have yet to win a third quarter this season. They will, they'll, It's tough for them. They're behind the eight already. They fight hard for the first half, come out in the third quarter, nowhere to be seen, and the blowout happens from there. So expect to see that against the Demons. And as I said, Baz, easy week for tipping. We've got six easy tips. So here they are. This year, teams in the top eight have only lost 10 times between them in the last five rounds. So the top eight sides are far better than the bottom 10 sides. So teams in the top eight who are playing bottom 10 sides this week are Geelong, Melbourne, Western Bulldogs, Sydney, West Coast, and Port Adelaide. All of them to win head-to-head is paying $6.09. Two units on that, three units on the Ds, five on the dog gears. You've paid for your weekend.
1: I've got it a bit simpler here. I'm going to put me $10 on Adelaide just because I set it before. Um I reckon Essendon align twenty two and a half is absolutely money for jam dollar ninety just fifty on that that's sixty dollars spent thirty dollars on a multi Essendon align Tom the to win, to score two or more goals and Max King to score two or more goals at seven dollars and with my last ten dollars just on Tom the to score three or more goals it's paying about three dollars fifty I think it was four dollars so I reckon Tom the uh will play a bit of ruck forward and while all the attention on Harry Mackay... His athleticism and speed, and now will kick a few cheeky little snags against a depleted uh, small backline of Hawthorne and inexperienced backline because um, O'Brien has been omitted. So he was playing back and forward, he was mixing it up. But yeah, I think that Carl will win, and De Koning will be the beneficiary after a few weeks in the, in the Magoos
0: and back from injury. Thank you very much for joining me on this Thursday evening. We had teams this week, which is a helpful hand. Not really use them much because this ring, as we said, was pretty easy. And uh, good luck to your charges on the weekend. Good luck to your coaching and good luck to everything else going on in your life. It's a big time for the big bustling Baz. And we're very much enjoying the fact that you're uh, here to an- analyse some football with us once a week.
1: Yes, mate. I hopefully uh, get to watch a few more games this week. It's another jam-packed weekend. And uh... Make some money as well, and tip nine would be nice. Here we go. Get
0: photo night right. Now yeah, we're basically already there. It's great <laughs>